HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Um, hey, what's Damon. going on, dude? Not too much. Uh, weird self-entry right there. Yeah, yeah man. We're, we're here now. We're it's, live. It's good to see Vitor. <laughs> yeah, Vitor is back. Um, what's going on, buddy? How have you been? Man, good. Just doing some, uh, some R&D for the fall. You know, it's the time of the season. It is. Got to go with uh, with my bar manager Kevin Baird over at Grand Army. We uh, on Monday we got to go have lunch at Gramercy Tavern, and they were very very nice. Great place. I, it was my first time. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I know, right? That seems patently unusual. Yeah, man. And we were like on our way to Kalushians, which is like yeah, like a, it's Toys R Us for bartenders. Exactly. Uh, well, um, well put. Yeah, man. So uh, we had a really great lunch, and then we went to. Uh, Buy a bunch of spices and and was like for for those of you out there like we definitely have to plug Kalushians, man. It's a uh, it's Brad Thomas Parsons talks about it. It's one of my favorite places in New York. Yeah, it's like it's like it is like the spice mecca. Like everything, anything. Like it's like it's one of the spots you go to and you're just like you're looking around. And you're like, oh my god, I, I can write like fifteen menus based on everything I'm looking at. In this Just aisle. right yeah. in front of me. Yeah, in this aisle. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's an incredible place for inspiration. I used to go there quite a lot. Um, I uh, Like, I, place like that and, like, SOS Chef? I mean, like... I, the, I, yeah, I was about to say, I got a little bit lazy. You know, in my neighborhood, I have both SOS Chef and then Duel. Duel, yeah. Duel is kind of like a mini Kalushians. Totally. Like, they don't have it all because there's a smaller space, but it's certainly still inspiring. But, all like, a little bit more spices. curated. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or streamlined curated. All, all the bulk spices yeah. and essential oils, and then SOS has some of that as well as... They'll do custom hydrosols for hydrosols. you. It's amazing. Totally, man. Amazing. We, so you're doing some R&D for the new fall menu at Grand Army? Yeah, man, doing that. We're working on a new spot also called Celestine that's uh, going to be in Dumbo, like right on the water. Uh, two of my business partners at Grand Army are opening up a restaurant there. And uh, yeah, so we're just kind of like getting, in the, getting into the spice cabinet. It's like I couldn't think of a better time of year to like actually open perfect. up a restaurant, you know, like it's killer time. This is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, man. Especially if you make a place that's like inviting and warm and cozy. Yeah, man. I want, you know, like my whole idea with this new spot is like, just make it, it's on the water, man. And it's like overlooking, like, it's like just over the, uh, the Manhattan Bridge. And, um, so that's your view. It's like downtown Manhattan, Manhattan Bridge, the river. It's like, I just want the, the cocktails to sparkle, you know, they got to yeah, sparkle. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially at night, water, yeah, man. You know, light plays off the water. Yeah, man. What are you? What have you been up to? Um, kind of similar stuff. I'm working on the new menu for Coup. Um, I'm gonna take a little bit of a page from your book, and and uh, I know the bar the bar itself is already kind of themed with our you know charity uh, drives, um, but I'm gonna 
theme the menu, I think. Maybe. I haven't really nailed it down. I've, I've nailed down most of the drinks, and now I've got to name them with a theme running through them. And I think I'm going to go with um, 80s, uh, early 80s, late 80s punk rock band names from, from the East Village. That's it's a it's a great idea. It kind of fits the space. It fits totally, man. Yeah, being a little bit. And, uh, and you're you're an old punk rocker. Man. Bit of a disruptor. Yes, yeah, I am an old punk rocker. Hey, I have a bit of a note here. It's pretty cool. After the show last week, I got a message from you know Lauren uh, uh, Myerskoff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Max Messier's wife. Um, uh, or well, we should say, she, Max Messier is her husband. She's she's the boss in that that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she reached out after the show uh, to say, because you had asked on the show, I don't know if you remember that you asked, what, the, what why is it called a coffee table? There's an answer. <laughs> uh, it's called a coffee table to anglicize and distinguish it from a tea table at a time when all things oriental were making a comeback. That's what she said. So it's a, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a tea table apparently too. Little did I know. <laughs> That's, well, now, now we know. Now Thank we you know. very much. I learned so much on this show. Yeah. We should ask more questions. We should, and I should ask more questions of you. We need to have a, a, an episode upcoming where, where you are my guest because you have so many irons in the fire. Um, but but before that happens, let's talk to our guest that we have in the studio today. Yeah, let's do that. Which is Sam Gauthier, uh, here from Boilermaker here in New York City, one of our favorite bars that we crash at all the time, pretty much late at night. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Super. Super well to see you. Super well and good to see you. Um, <laughs> or whatever, you know. Um, I was actually tempted to go to Boilermaker last night, but I, I, I dodged the bullet. I was hanging out with um, uh, our dear friend, Evan Freeman. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he called me out of the blue. Uh, speaking of speaking. <laughs> yeah, speaking of speaking. That guy could talk uh, and Man, the stories that, he has to tell. That guy gave us a lot of a lot of shit for our mustard situation a couple times when he was in. Uh, it's very particular about this mustard, apparently. <laughs> What's the mustard situation? Very opinionated. Uh, well, as he self-described, he says, uh, I have a bag of axe to grinds. Uh, a bag of axes to grind and no filter. <laughs> that's that's his own description of himself. Yeah, well, I mean, so we've got a, you know, pretty well-loved burger that, that comes out as it comes out, right? Number 34 on Thrillist's national burger list. Mm-hmm. Yep. And three in New York, Congrats I think. And, um, wow. So he's like, can I have some mustard? And, of course, I was like, yeah, absolutely. But you might want to taste the burger before you add anything and... At the time, I couldn't find any. There was no mustard in-house at the moment. <laughs> the next time he came in, there was, but it was it was made in-house, and it was very spicy. And he was mildly pleased. This guy doesn't need to eat any more burgers. Lay off the burgers, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam, let's talk about you. Uh, that's why we're here today. Um, let's, let's reel the clock back and go to your, your beginnings in our field. Uh, you're from... Sure. So I'm from Green Bay originally. I started working in the service industry in Madison uh, just after I went to school, actually. Um, I went to uh, school for recording and music technology in Madison. Um, but then uh, I ended up working at this uh, this German like beer hall uh, that was actually, it was two bars attached by a kitchen. It was a big German beer hall, and then there was oh, kind of more you know of a neighborhood, that, right? yeah. <laughs> like multi-use spaces. spot. Yeah, and I started as the expediter. A friend of mine was like, "Hey, I hear you're looking for a job. There's an expediter position." And I go, "I don't know what that is. Can I do it?" <laughs> and this guy's like lazy, sloppy dude, and he's like, "Yeah, of course. Come on, just just do it." Expediter in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Never, never cooked before. Never worked in a kitchen before. I worked at a Jimmy John's as a delivery uh, bike rider. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a sandwich shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I realized pretty quick that the people who were making the most money there were the bartenders. And also probably and I fun. And I had actually just... Uh, that's what I was about to say. That's what I would have realized. The people who were having the most fun were the bartenders. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and I had just... Uh, well, I, I was straight edge for several years before I started that job. I started. We drink- share that in common. We've talked about it before. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, well, well both, hey, if you're not now, you never edge. were, right? I, I, yeah, say, you, as I, you, I we'll, say as we'll, I reach for a beer. I'll show you the tattoo later. Yeah, let's, let's cheers. <laughs> I say as I reach hey, for a cheers. beer. Oh, my, and oh. you're sitting over there drinking rum. Yeah, I got a, I got a tea punch here. <laughs> oh, nice. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Uh, so so you, yeah, you were so straight the first, edge. The first day I started that job, I was like, you know what? I got a new job. I'm feeling good. I'm going to go ahead and have that drink I've been thinking about for, <laughs> um, for, for years. Well, not not really. I hadn't had one for years. Right. Um, but uh, 
realized that the bartenders were making the most money, having the most fun, told them, hey, when a position comes up, I want to do that. Did every position in the joint in between there waiting for it, uh, literally serving, cocktailing, hosting, bouncing even. And you've seen how tall I am. That's pretty hilarious, but it worked. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, because I never really drank before, except a little bit in high school, uh, I started studying up while I was working there and became the cocktail guy there within days. Uh, so I wasn't really learning anything. So what, what, what's the, what's the time frame here? What year would that be? What, what, uh, basically, was, my, oh, my real geez. question is: when you say studying up, what were your sources? Um, the first, my first cocktail book was Dale DeGroff's The Craft of Cocktail. Um, I also had a, a good guy. Print, I think like, he's gonna. I think he's gonna do great things in this field. Yeah, he's, he's going. <laughs> he seems like he's going places. Uh, I also had like a, a printed out copy of the Ultimate Guide to Spirits and Cocktails. Uh huh. And bartending for dummies, of course, just because I knew I knew how dumb I was. I thought maybe I should check that too. Rad. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Tome. It's really hilarious. <laughs> um, but so a, a friend of mine there in Madison uh, uh, was managing. A cocktail bar, the first, the first one that I would consider a respectable one in the city, uh, after you know, '80s like martini bars and stuff. Right. Um. So he he gave me a job. I got to start barbacking there, and and moved up the chain. And a few years later, he was moving away. They were they were looking at me to take over that program, and I didn't want to take over a program yet then I was still still wanting to learn so I moved to New York where they at Boilermaker immediately made me the, the head bartender <laughs> anyway so whatever is Boiler your first job in New York behind the bar um that was that was the first one yeah so I wow. I rolled into New York in a rented car with a mattress strapped to the top drove in myself from Wisconsin mm. um a bunch of bugs stuck to one side of the mattress yeah <laughs> And uh, uh, one of <laughs> exactly well, I had to talk over it. Gross. But uh, <laughs> now I'm I'm more worried about bugs in my bed in New York mm. than, I, than I was with the tribe. <laughs> Fact. Um, but uh, just the day before I drove out, uh, Mike Ryan from uh, the Cat Program at Tales of the Cocktail, which I had already done, I'd been a, a part of that team for two years at this point. That point uh, had emailed Eric Castro who is a partner at Boilermaker, and just said, hey, hire this guy, he's good. So they gave me an interview, they said... When you were still in Wisconsin, you did CAP twice. Yes. So, for the listener, just recap what CAP is. Uh, The the Cocktail Apprentice Program at Tales of the Cocktail. It's basically the team that does all the batching and serving and stressing out about all the drinks that you drink during the seminars at Tales. Yeah, it's incredible. The whole thing is incredible. Yeah. And and they make... uh, make, you juice, you prep, you get a pineapple tattoo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, Wham, they, bam, they yeah. make tens of thousands of drinks uh, in in a week, and <laughs> it's incredible. You, uh, they make and, a, they make a heavy not point. They make a heavy point out of really, really thanking the caps every year. They do, they do, um, they do a great job at, at the Spirit Awards of thanking us. They always put together a great video of of not exactly the work that we've done, but uh, the result the, maybe the results <laughs> and. Uh, one one of the the really proud moments we had a couple of years ago was when um, uh, Plantation made the, the Plantation Pineapple Room this big yes. and fancy, and we've still got that that call out to the caps on the back of the label that we were all very very proud of. Did I ever tell you about my cap story? You were never a cap. <laughs> I was never a cap. Okay, what's your story? <laughs> but uh, you still got a story. <laughs> that tells the cocktail about eight. It's maybe like eight years ago, and. Um, it was Frank Cisneros, Bar uh, Uchu, <laughs> uh, Tanya Guffey, Guppy. and and Nick Jarrett. What you a know, great crew! The, 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 well, the old like Bush yeah. Country Club crew. Uh-huh. Um, maybe it was nine years ago. Shit, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they were all capping that year, if I remember correctly. And I hit him up. and I was like, hey, I'm gonna come come check it out. They were like, Yeah, come check out like the, the like. The, the tombs yeah of the like, underbelly yeah of, and it's, of it's the a labyrinth of yeah it is and it's, it's back of house spaces yeah. and kitchens and yeah it's yeah, crazy man. you get so, lost real quick I was like well, I, I don't have anything to do right now um let's let's go check it out and then I was like you know what I'll help out and uh <laughs> there was uh, uh <laughs> batching a cocktail that had uh 
you know, like you're batching in like giant cambros. Uh, it was like a bottle of uh, it was Martel uh, Cordon Bleu cognac. Nice. And so ripping off the like the like the foil like uh, capsules on top. Sure. And of then a hundred bottles of a hundred bottles. Yeah, totally. So then the first bottle I went and like grabbed it. You know, like when the the foil like frays from uh-huh. the perforation. Slit your hand wide open. Didn't I you? just like wide open the whole my whole hand, like from my yep. index finger tip to like my thumb, like right at the back of my palm. I'm just like they're like, thanks, Damon. I'm like, shit, man, I'm out of here. And then I'm like, fuck, now I have to go to this pool party, and I can't even jump in the pool, man. Cat, this cat, wide open you like, think cat program did not suit you. Okay, yeah. You, you so could, that's why I never did the cat program. <laughs> get a paper towel, a rubber glove, and some duct oh, yeah, tape. Definitely. I mean, like that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I imagine like the cat program <laughs> is like a lot of that. Is a lot of like on the fly, like yeah, triage. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um. So. You at this point in the story, you've done cap two years. You've driven here in your car with the mattress on top. Yeah, Mike Ryan, who who works for Kempton Hotels, uh, stood up for you. Yeah, uh, to Eric Castro, got you the gig at Boiler. But you also worked at Cocktail Kingdom. Do you st- right, you so, don't still do that, do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, you do. Um, yeah. Just just one day a week. I just work in the showroom. It's just retail sales before because you're, you're not fucking busy enough at Boilermaker. Right, exactly. Um, no, and I, I had been in retail management before I was in. The service industry, so it, it kind of suits me, um, and also the fact that I've been bartending for a bit now. Like, I, I'm, it's, it, there's a level of consulting to it. You know, sure. some people uh, yeah. walk in and they're like, uh, "We're opening a bar tomorrow. What do we need?" Yeah, and you have to go through like, "Well, how many cocktails do you have? What kind of cocktails? How many seats do you have? How many workstations do you have?" Okay, here you want this stuff. Yeah, here's the here's the CK package. Wow. So like that means you have essentially opened up like. <laughs> hundreds of bars at yeah. this point. Uh, I just picked their tools for them. Yeah. But like but that's at least like, consulted on it. Yeah. You've had a you've had a, in, in you've, a, had way, a yeah. you've had a say whether it be heavy or light. That's cool. Uh, it's kind of red. Yeah. I didn't a, even think about that part of that job at Cockpit Kingdom. And one of the first yeah, times Madison, that Madison used to talk to me about that cuz she worked there. Wow. One of the first times that happened where well, I mean, they knew what they wanted. I didn't really pick the tools for them, but I remember when Up and Up opened. Mm-hmm. I was the one that took care of their whole order. And, like, you know, there's always something like, oh, are you sure you don't want this, too? Like, just reminding people. And then I got to go in and be like, hey, this is all the stuff I sold you. This is all the stuff I sold you. That's great. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah. You get to have a, a, a um, you play a, an integral role in their uh, developing programs. Yeah. It, it, I find that very way. fascinating. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a I'm fucking nerd about this kind of shit. But, like, that, like, to me is, like, so I used to work at... The, on the retail side, I worked at a guitar shop, and it was always like, like, kind of relating to that. Like, back in the day when I was working at a guitar shop, I, I really took pride in that fact that like, there was like, like a mom or a dad bringing in their kid to like, mm-hmm. they they wanted to like, this kid wanted to learn, they wanted a guitar, they wanted to learn how to play guitar. And so I got to, like, walk them through and basically, like, pick out, like, this package, like, amps and cables and picks and guitars and, like, yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, I want, like, I took a lot of pride in that, man. Yeah, like you're, you're consulting setting, with setting them, them on their up, first you know? step, right? And, yeah. like, and it was, like, this very special relationship, man. They was like, for the time that I worked in this guitar shop, man, they always came back. They wouldn't talk to anyone else, man. Yeah. <laughs> they no, wouldn't talk no. to me. It's like having you're your own the, tailor, man. Guy. You got to have yeah, that man. guy who knows get how you tailor. how you like your clothes to hang and all get that. Get your bartender. Absolutely. You know? like a lot of times, like mm-hmm. people come to you. Don't, don't they come to you like like regular customers? And they're like, yeah. dude, that's absolutely. And I mean, at this point at the bar, I'm really, really proud and happy when someone goes, oh, "No, can I have her make it?" Like when I <laughs> when I greet someone and instead they they want someone else on staff. That's that I really love. Well, that's yeah. even that's even better than having someone want to come back to me. Yeah. Oh hell oh, yeah, 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 man! I love that too. That means they've been there like several times, and that's their spot, and that's their bartender, and it's like that. It's not just like screening you as being like, ah, Sam's got questionable tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. 
Which I, I love your tattoos. <laughs> but uh, no, throw, hey, throw hey, all, all tattoos are questionable in a way. Well, they, they sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that's uh, yeah, that means someone's been there quite a few times, and they actually like they're there for that thing, you know? Right. They're there for that experiential part of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, with a tailor, you're not just there just for the suit. You're there for the way the guy pays attention to you and makes it to your liking. I uh, go to I go to Keen's Trap House all the time to see Albert, man. Yeah. And like when he's not there, I get bummed out. Like all all the other dudes, there. still stay and get the mutton chop. Oh yeah, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course. But, but, but how, how many bars do you walk past and you think? If I look in and I see that guy working, I'm going to go in. Oh, it happens yeah, all the I'm time. I'm going to be there for hours. I got to tell you, uh, yeah. to be perfectly frank, when Eben and I were walking past Boilermaker last night, I was like, if Sam's in there, we're going in. But then you weren't. And I was like, oddly kind of relieved because I needed to go he home. He was prepping for the show today. <laughs> I needed to go home. He was prepping for the show. It looks like he brought some prep. Think oh, I, yeah. Do you guys want think, one of these? Think you're gonna, well, yeah. You're, yeah. You're about you to, over there, man. Yeah, okay. You're about I'm to, making tea punches. You're about to make us tea punch. We can we can do that while we go on break. Um, but before we go out, to just quickly run down for the for the listener what a tea punch is. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Super simple drink. Really we, delicious. We got Blanca Agricole rum. Uh, usually, you know, hundred good hundred proof stuff. Uh, yeah. We're using Nissan here today. Uh, a dribble of cane syrup. Uh, a big lime coin with a little meat on it still, and. Uh, not traditional to put ice in it, but I like mine with like one cube. Yeah, like yeah. When I go to St. Martin, uh, which by the way, uh, you know, everybody should think about St. Martin right now. It got trashed by Irma. Uh, whenever I go down to St. Martin, every bar I go to, I order tea punch, and every single one of them goes, "Do you want ice?" Because I'm not from the island, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I want it how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, from Bob's Red Mill, uh, and uh, we'll be back uh, right after the break with Sam Gote from Boilermaker and a fresh tea punch. Cool. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. I'll be fine without it. Yeah. We're we back. back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network, and we've got Sam Gautier in the house. And, uh, man, I, I got to tell you, T-Punch is, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, a hell of a thing, man. It is. Dude, I, I, I think, kind of oh, don't really, thanks, I, I like it to be the traditional way, which is without ice. Yeah. Um, I, I have these all the time when I'm in St. Martin, and... And every single time, every bar I go to, at least the first one I order, they always kind of lean on the bar and say, uh, uh, yeah, cheers, buddies. Every time I order one, they kind of lean on the bar and they say, uh, do you want ice in your tea punch? And I always have, you know, have to say no. But I know they're being polite because they're like, it's, always, it's on every menu. It's the first thing on every menu. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that all the tourists, which is the overwhelming majority of their business there, they see a drink on the menu at a tropical island and they want, they assume it's going to have ice in it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they have to just probably, ask. Probably lots and, and then, very small. Yeah, yeah, like pebble ice. And every single time, I say no, but every single time, they slide a little Tupperware bowl across the bar full of ice when they sit down my tea punch. But in I, case you second guess I like it the like this. Sip. Just a little sugar, a little bit of lime juice with the oil from the peel being in there, mm-hmm. and delicious agricole rum. Thanks for making these I, for us. And I actually, bring it, yeah, 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 thank you. Um, <laughs> I was... Uh, I was I I was island hopping between uh, Guadeloupe and Martinique with uh, J.M. and Clement. Yeah, uh, last year around this time, maybe a little bit over a year. A little ago. over a year ago. Yes, and uh, man, I had a little bit 
too much tea punch and uh, got like one of the worst sunburns of my life. That's right. Catamaran. I remember you came back <laughs> pretty lobstered. Yeah, man. But you know what? I still, I, there was no ice involved. It was like, it was fine. It was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, Maybe I, that's I, the reason why I got so sunburned. I, there was no I, I do kind of have a curiosity about why it is that way. You know, you're on this island. It's, uh, you know, these islands, they're hot, uh, typically kind of humid. Well, tea pinch has been around for a very long time. Longer than ice, ice, of course. Yeah. yeah. But lots of drinks were around maybe even before ice that now have right. ice. Uh, yeah. You know, the bitter sling is dude, just an old-fashioned. Can we talk about that mm-hmm. for a second, man? Because like, there, there was a trend, like, over the last, like, like two years ago or one year ago or two years ago where it was like there was this trend of like room temperature cocktails. Oh, yeah. The the guys from Beta Cocktails, uh, uh, right. the, the book, um, they, they kind of made people realize, recognize that as a category again. They had a little number in there about uh, they called them hotel room temperature cocktails because <laughs> they were always traveling. They were always in a hotel with a bunch of junk with them and maybe no ice on hand. Right. Too lazy to go down the hall and get it and they would just make up cocktails. Um, and we always have a scoff. They're called scoffas, a room temperature cocktail. We always have a scoff on the menu at a Mori Margo. Um, I like them. If, I, if, you, if you're the type of person who enjoys sipping neat spirits, then it makes kind of common sense that you might be the type who would enjoy a neat cocktail. And some of them we dilute with a bit of water uh, to help them open up, and some we don't. Depends on the drink. You know, and I like those style of drinks, um, like diluted sometimes with with like a tea or even a coconut water. Sometimes. Oh sure. yes, uh, just a nice scotch and some coconut water. That's a crazy yeah. delicious combo. Really good, and and I'll even put like a dash of absinthe in there and uh, check it up a notch. Mixology. It's personal. personal. <laughs> <laughs> we're scientists. Uh, yes, we're we're in our lab coats. Um, all right, so let's get back to your tale. Uh, you, right, so where were at we? At this point, you're, um, you're consulting basically on, on bar openings because you're behind the uh, helm. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what are you like, behind like, at Cocktail like, Kingdom? You kind of have no, a bar there's a, there. There's a little desk there. Yeah. Um, right, but I mean, sometimes it's, right, sometimes it's people opening bars. Sometimes it's bar owners who don't trust their bar staff, and they come in with a list, and they go, they really need this. Oh. Which is always fun because usually I'm like, actually, they need more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and sometimes it's, you know, someone's grandma just being like, he likes drinks. I don't know. What do, what, what do I get him? Sure. <laughs> um, which is always fun, too. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that um, almost the whole time I've been here. It was pretty soon after I started at Boilermaker that I just happened to overhear Greg Boehm, who also owns Cocktail Boilermaker and Boilermaker. Cocktail Mace. And, yeah. Uh, Mentioning as I was getting off my shift, mentioning to someone, I think we need someone in the showroom, and I didn't feel overworked enough yet, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I raised my hand, and they were like, "Oh yeah, hey, that's perfect, great. We can we can tell people that you know what you're doing because you work here at our bar." Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, he was our two hundredth. Like Boom, That's right. Yeah. The two hundredth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. I mean. Just thinking about that, like going back to that, like you know, like I feel like some weird, <laughs> some weird fucking ownership when I go into a bar and like, like there was a like, there's this place called Pork Slope in uh in Park Slope, <laughs> and they had the the shot book, and uh, they had a trophy, and I never made it onto it, uh, but if you did like a hundred shots of whiskey. Uh, you get like a little gold plaque on the trophy. Uh, Jim Kearns. Was there a time frame? Yeah, was has... there a time limit? Jim, <laughs> yeah, Jim has it, yeah. He's, he's on there like three times. Well, it's the place no longer around. I, I think I got to like maybe 11. <laughs> but I was like, Jim, got it. Well, he lived very close by. Right. Um, but I like felt like I was involved, you know? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. that's the, like with Primates and Carroll Gardens, like, place i used to run for a long time you've got like the beer mug club oh yeah and so you get your own number and like same thing with like fuck going back to Keens, you know like having the 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 pipes hanging yep. on the, the ceiling it's like no yeah. on the flip side of that it's like you must feel kind of like you and like ethan khan who's been on the show and greg bomb like yeah like you guys must feel like i don't know Kind of involved, like in like yeah, a part of all yeah. these spots. I can't imagine you know? that you, especially right here in sort of the, the epicenter of it, New York City uh, and Cocktail Kingdom being here. But, but I feel like 
any bar of any repute has at least a bar spoon from Cocktail Kingdom. A jigger. Uh, yeah, a, absolutely. Hey, if I so go anywhere you walk in, any it feels cocktail like you, bar you sort of belong there. in the world, I was uh, I was in Paris earlier this year, and I was last year I was in Ireland, and I I get around to different parts of the country here plenty. Get back to Madison, Wisconsin, plenty. And every time I go into any bar that's trying to make cocktails, there tends to be a tool from Cocktail Kingdom, and uh, it's always very rewarding to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so let's get back to bar life as we sip on these delicious mm-hmm. tea punches. Thank you. Um, I'm getting really lazy, man. I'm feeling like I'm like <laughs> drinking this tea punch. I'm feeling like I'm like like. I'm on the island, man. I'm surprised you haven't taken your shoes off yet. Swing in a hammock. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just wearing moccasins, which is like way different than my normal cowboy boots. But yeah, you've got a t-shirt on today. You're looking very relaxed. I'm, I'm feeling. You know what? You had some R and D feeling good this morning, which means you're probably relaxed from that. I'm pretty relaxed, man. Um, so Boilermaker, talk about Boilermaker. Sure. So Boilermaker, um, if you haven't been, is a neighborhood bar. Uh, Corner spot, beautiful. Corner spot, right on first and first. Uh, da- dangerous little location there, right on the cusp of the East Village and the Lower East Side. Yeah. Uh, get a rowdy crowd on the weekends, for sure. <laughs> uh, really good happy hour crowd. But, but, our, but our happy hour is it's incredible. Is really enticing. We, we do a list of 12 classic cocktails for $8. Um <laughs> which, which is basically just half not, price here in New York which, City. Yeah, I know, I know by the New York list, standards. Not all of our listeners, especially are, for the spirits uh, we're using yeah, on that. Yeah, a lot of our listeners are like eight bucks. That's kind of that's that's still high. But like, picture whatever your common price is, cutting it in half and having cocktails made by experts and and, and a list that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, the uh, who who was it? I think it was Thrillist as well. Um, listed uh, listed the Mai Tai on that list as as one of the top ten in the city. Wow, cool. but I think it was, par- it was partially because of the price. I don't want to gloat too much there. Um, Eight dollar mai tai is a winner. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so you guys got crushing happy hour neighborhood bar boilermaker. Mm-hmm. The namesake. You've got a whole list of whole list of beer and shot pairings always. Um, which uh, the NYU students that come in on the weekends uh, confuse to no end. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this beer, but I want that shot, vice versa. Right, which they can always have. Of course, you can walk into any bar in the world and have a beer and, a, and any shot you want. Um, and then there's like, what do, do I? Does it come together? Does it come? Oh, as like a. Did, the, the, did, is it a drop shot? The boiler maker. Yeah. Right, which it. I mean, that's that's arguable whether a boiler maker has to be a drop shot or not. I don't care. You're gonna. I'm gonna hand them to you next to each other, and you can do what you want with them. Yeah, it all mixes um, on the inside, baby. It all mixes on the inside. I think exactly. the difference, though, between the drop shot is a drop shot is a thing that you're somewhat expected to do all in one go. So now yeah, you just pounded right. a and beer and a shot. Right. I typically and get... I don't want to make my guests drunk. feel that way. <laughs> well, I don't want to make my guests drunk. I mean, I want to make them happy. Uh, but they I'm, should be I'm drunk never, as they're looking, walking out the door. I'm never looking to make anybody drunk, especially not fast. Right. Like No, yeah. I want you to remember this experience. P.S. <laughs> I want you to have a great day tomorrow. Yeah, like I don't want you to get. I want so you to wake up like, thinking I had fun. This I is cool. I, I can't feel good. go to that bar because I feel terrible the next day every time. Right. Like that's and they're and they're paired together so that you can sip them side by side and the flavors. Yeah, there's some thought behind it, and the flavors work well together. It's not just the typical uh, what we call them now hammock beers. I used to call them lawnmower beers. But that sounded like too much work. <laughs> 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 so like it's not just the typical hammock beer and. You know, the Everclear with a brown crayon melted in it to be called bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get at, like, Cherry Tavern. I, but, but P.S., I love Cherry Tavern. I'm not knocking that. <laughs> I go there often for that. In fact, myself and, and Evan oh, Freeman were there the, last night. <laughs> and places like that are the, the perfect respite after after a long shift of, of thinking about flavors oh, while yeah. you're working. Yeah. I, then it, you go somewhere where... Not even the bartender cares about the flavors. Yeah, yeah. I, it's relaxing. I, it's, it's similar when I was a chef. You know, I would work it with all these uh, ingredients and all these crazy flavors, and, you know, uh, high-end stuff, you know, foie gras, caviar, truffles, scallop, whatever, you name it. And then afterwards, I would go home, and this was my, like, kind of go-to late-night snack. I would open a can of SpaghettiOs, eat two good spoonfuls out of the can itself without even dumping them out of the can, crush some salt and vinegar potato chips and stir them in and then eat the rest of the cake. It's cold. Like, I just wanted, like, cold? salty, over-the-top flavors. How much weed did you smoke at this point? <laughs> I still don't smoke weed. Uh, uh, but I was drinking. 
<laughs> well, that sounds like some real stoner shit to me. No, it was just a. Uh, you know, just but like, I am wearing a Grateful Dead tie dye yeah, t-shirt right now. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> the, like, in our industry, I feel like when people get really stoned, they more often overthink what they're gonna cook. You're like, they're all watching, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up some short rib. Ah, oh, crap! Fuck. The grocery store is closed. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's actually, like when we get off work, we want like a, a again a hammock beer and a, and a shot of typically whiskey, maybe tequila. It's it's like I I used to call that the the uh, the nightly Windex, right? It's just I just want <laughs> I wanted yeah. to clean my palate and 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 also get the job done, right? Yeah. I wasn't looking to at that point. I've already closed my bar, so I'm not looking to to have a, a cocktail experience at that moment. I'm looking to get a little buzz on. I'm, I'm, we talked about it a little bit last week. The, the food versus fuel. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing in the cocktail mm-hmm. world. Sometimes yeah. I'm just looking to get a buzz, and the faster the better, and the and the most uh, uh, you know, and, and the most delicate—not even delicate—the most easy way, like just a, again, a, a hammock beer and a whiskey. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, but that that to me was the spaghettios and salt and vinegar potato chips. <laughs> like it was just like I just want to get some calories into me and some salty, crazy flavor. Yeah, now that you say that, like, I'm just thinking, like, of uh, another episode of the show that we should have. It's, like, drunk, like, drunk food versus high food. Okay. And, like... I bet there's a huge difference. We'll, we'll you do you some have to talk about the high food. Okay. You go I, I can't do the high food, because I, I don't really... Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> in the way I look right now. It's like... Oh, man. I have terrible anxiety. They can't judge your, your book by its cover. <laughs> Not at all, man. Um, but okay, so I wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, we're at Boilermaker. Um, what is your favorite beer and shot pair? Like beer and spirit pair on the list right now, or in or just in general, ever. man? Yours. Well, okay, this this depends. This depends on my mood and how drunk I want to be, what I ate last, and the season. You know, um, the one I've been doing lately is is just a, a simple mezcal with a pilsner. Uh, yeah. Lagunitas Pilsner, uh, Czech style, like pretty funky. Pilsner is like on with like an upswing, and it's because Vita. we are just because what you were just saying, what we've been talking about is like, dude, like we just want something that's like crisp and clean and refreshing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like especially like but in the, the fact that we're the ones asking for it, they, these breweries are are putting a little extra a little extra yeah. oomph into it, yeah. uh, which is just about the amount of oomph that we want at that moment. Not a hell of a lot, you know. Yeah. More than what you're gonna find in a can in, in the grocery store, but a little more definition. Bit. Yeah. 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 So crisp, mm-hmm. little bit of funk, pilsner with mm-hmm. some smoky, almost latexy mezcal. Nice. Yeah. What about you? And I say that, but you know me. Come on, red and white dynamite or similar hammock beer and rye whiskey. Hopefully overholt, but I'll take any I'll take any contender. Yeah. At this well, point, when Souther comes in, I don't I, I don't even ask. I just hold up the stuff and wait for the nod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Which is great. That's what a neighborhood bar is about. Yeah, it's about totally. being that regular totally. and having that. You know. You, by the way, whether it's a, a thing that was picked up by uh, uh, you actually giving a dictum or just the, your team watching you, when I walk into your bar, everybody does that to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Galen will I definitely mean, be like, or she'll say something like, "You're huge," you know. Uh, that's how the kids talk. Um, <laughs> and I almost, I would say, 90% of the time I say, yeah, that's what I want when I come here. Yeah, a couple times you'll not be in the mood. I want a fishbowl that I, <laughs> that I mind erase with yeah, Kimmy yeah. Winkler and Max Right, Green exactly. So <laughs> for her birthday. This, this was something that, that gave me a little bit of like PTSD. Uh, the, the bars in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, the, the college bars, a couple of them will do these fishbowls. Of blue or green, or you know, you you don't yeah. say the col- you don't say the flavors. You ask for the color. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like Castro world. had Castro <laughs> had seen an episode of uh, sorry Eric Castro, who's one of our partners, uh, had seen an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they went into this new cool bar. Where oh, the, had, the, the gin bar with, without the sign, and the guy um, got shushed. Okay, wait a minute. I didn't actually see the episode. <laughs> <laughs> he, he saw it. I didn't see it. But apparently, uh, they Never they go in and they order the blue hole, which is supposed to serve two to three. Oh no, that was a different part. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was right, like where, where everything's a little bit like a. It was really kitschy. Every, everything's like a '90s sitcom. Shiny, There's like yeah. laugh tracks and stuff. 
Yeah, that, that, that's this a really is, good This is what I've gathered. Um, <laughs> so we decided to do the blue hole, which is a fishbowl. It? It's in a fishbowl with pebble ice, and it's vodka and white rum and cachaça and Sue's and uh, Sue's is fruit. the outlier of that list. Sue's, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, we, you got to keep it, you know, good enough for, for, the, for the Southers coming in. Hey, yo. Um, and a bunch of citrus and, and pineapple. A bunch of pebble ice and some gummy candies on top and a bunch of long straws. And, yeah, a bunch of long and straws and mint some and, some, and some orchids and, you know. Oh, yeah, edible flowers all over the place. Yeah. yeah, we went in there. We, we, we kind of stumbled in there on Kimmy Winkler's birthday. She had stopped by Koo as we were closing up and, and sat and had a drink while we cleaned up the bar. And we said, well, let's go over to Boilermaker and have a nightcap for your birthday. Have a blue hole. And we walk in. And I don't really know how it happened, because on the walkover, Max and I were kind of like, we don't need to give Cammy any more drinks. Um, and we had just gotten off work, so we were, you know... Well, I mean, to be fair, you guys did we were, most of the work on, we were, well, on that. Well, that's the thing. We were judges at that time. We were still pretty sober. And uh, um, we walk in, and I'm not sure how it happened, but then this fishbowl lands in front of us. And I look at Max, and I just say, let's mind erase this thing. So we took... <laughs> so Kimmy leans in and tries to take some, but Max and I were, like, going for it. So apparently, we took it down in, like, three minutes... This is irresponsible drinking, by the way. Don't 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 follow my I think my it was lead. less than three minutes, man. We killed this fishbowl in three. But, like, but to be fair, it's it's then, three cocktails worth so of, yeah, we, worth of drinks. So it's not. So Max and I probably knocked down it's, a, it's a, a cocktail. It's and a, a stronger and a, cocktail and more but, than a quarter each. While Kimmy got but imagine less than half a cocktail. <laughs> in imagine that race you do to like the bottom. A, a DTO. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. You, daiquiri time. Slam a daiquiri. You you guys did a little more than that. Yeah. Each and then uh, and then immediately immediately like okay Kimmy got to get her Uber. <laughs> Happy birthday, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Um, but it was fun, and it was really a, a cool thing, and you guys do that, because, uh, not because, but you guys do... That's the great thing about a neighborhood bar like yours. Uh, it's got a team of people in there that know what they're doing, that are, that are you know, for better or worse way to say it, like kind of classically trained. Like, you, you, know, you know, everybody on that team knows their way around cocktails. And you guys kind of touch on all bases there. You got beers and shots on the Boilermaker list. You got some nice cocktails. You got some tiki-style action on there. Um, you got some obscure things on there. And we got some some tap drinks. Uh, yeah, you got you got all the techniques are being used over there that that are kind of common to the uh, vernacular right now. Um, and then, speaking of the tiki angle, and then yeah, well then then, then what happens? Then we've got uh, during the Christmas season we've got uh, Sippin' Santa Surf Shack. Uh, yeah. Which please is, elaborate. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a tropical. Christmas bar. Uh, Santa's got to get to the islands, and he's he's not wearing that coat when he does it. Uh, it's it's Christmas tiki. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys go overboard with the decorations and the yeah. lighting, and well, so and, we're, and you transform the entire bar into a, a pop up. It's it's its, it's, its own it's, identity. It's, it looks like a totally different. Even bar. the outside, you painted. I remember last year you painted like candy canes on the uh, the, yeah, the the column a, became a, a candy cane. Yes. Even on the outside of the building, yeah, it's yeah. a whole new. Um, so we're starting it this year on November 27th, uh, which gives us Thanksgiving off and then, uh, Black Friday to redecorate the whole bar and do all the painting and everything. Um, and then we'll be a tiki bar straight through Christmas. Uh, we tend to have a line out the door every day. Uh, seating is tight. Uh, what do you reckon the fascination so, with that is? Why do people, why are people so intrinsically drawn to it? This well, is I mean, year three, right? People, this is, this is year three. Yeah. There's going to be people always that uh, that are excited about Christmas. Of and course. they, they want to dig in and get as much Christmas as they possibly can. But this is also New York, and it's cold, and people, people, miss, people miss the the summer. They miss the heat. They miss Those island vibes. Getting, getting to sit on a patio and drink a, a margarita or a daiquiri or something. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that people in Christmas in general, the, the excitement about Christmas and the excitement about bars and the excitement about tiki, all of those are, are bits of escapism. Yeah. It, it, as, they, as they should be. They are. Yeah. Um, so you get all three at once. Yeah, for sure. It's fantastic. It's a totally different planet. It's, yeah, for for it's, an it's, hour or, an, or two hours, however long you're there, you're on a different planet. It's a great thing to do in New York City. It's fantastic. Where it's like, and it's... It, it's like it's all the intensity like all at once and you're like fuck yeah I'm out of here man <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's in it's in uh, tandem with the whole thing that happened at Mace which was right so it's it's a kind of a sister pop up to the the miracle, miracle pop ups uh, which started at Mace as Miracle on 9th and now they've got 
well, last year they had over 50 other bars mm-hmm. included, and this year they've got even more, including including bars that run by people that I used to work with back in Wisconsin even, which I'm super excited about. That's cool. That I get to, in a way, be involved in in their thing still. Yeah, it's rad. Yeah. And, and it spawned many, many, uh, well, spawned spinoffs, I guess, right? There's a lot of folks who are involved in it, and there's a lot of folks who have done other things because of it. Yeah, well, the, the yeah, there's, Thrones, a, there's a lot. The Game of Thrones bar that uh, Derek Brown did that w- is because he started with doing Sip and Sip. Uh, he, did, he did Miracle, Yeah. right? And then he decided to just make his bar a pop-up bar all the time. So he did the Mario Brothers and the Cherry Blossom Festival and then and then Game of Thrones, which was incredible. I don't know he had over what kind 000, of masochist would over want to design that many minutes. over 100,000 <laughs> people visit during, during the nine weeks of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And they closed every Sunday at seven o'clock, so people could go home and watch Game of Thrones. That's amazing. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> because they didn't have the, you know, they reached out to Game of Thrones, but they didn't have the uh, the rights to show the show actually. But the, they, but they were like totally fine with you doing all the other stuff that you're, you're planning to do. Pretty incredible. We're gonna get him on to talk about that story. But, nice. but so um, so it's a really cool ass thing. And yeah, you, you have a line out the door. Uh, the place is crazy. I guess it's kind of it reminds me of those things that are like. Christmas Village, those places that are Christmas all yeah, the time. Yeah. Or there, there's always that one shop in town. Like there's a shop in New Orleans, uh, down on Decatur. Yeah, that's that's Christmas it. shop all the time, uh, right? And there's like people in there. In the there's dead a place of in summer, uh, 110 degrees outside. This place yeah, in Oklahoma I mean, City called North Pole City, and it's like Christmas all the time. <laughs> yeah. So Great. Sip and Santa Surf Shack is Christmas in July in December. And what makes you? <laughs> what what? I guess. It's well such put. a crushing success, right? You you do yeah. numbers that are just beyond your normal numbers, right? We don't we don't even when we're looking at numbers for the year and we're looking at what drinks have done well and and like reevaluating how the menus are going to go, we tend to not include the month of December because it's it skews, it skews it's, everything. It skews everything. It's so crushingly different. So it's so busy that and we're not going to put Christmas drinks. <laughs> On the rest of the menu, the rest of the year. So, but I guess my, I guess, and maybe it's not yours to answer. But I guess my question is then, why wouldn't it just get longer every year? So you start right after Thanksgiving. Why wouldn't you start at the beginning of November? Then next year start at Halloween. Well, no, no. That's I mean, fuck like, hey, every like, time you see decorations for a holiday out too soon, don't you kind of go? Yeah, it's a little cringeworthy. Uh, You're right. Already, and every and like when you see people still having a holiday par- like holiday parties or Christmas parties or, or anything. After the date of that holiday, you're kind of like, do you yeah. give it up? That's the, I've always thought that way about the, the right, service fine. industry. Like having a Christmas party in the middle of January because like, and sometimes that's necessary because you, we're serving through the actual holiday. I don't agree with but, it, but I, you don't I mean, want to do I, it for the regular it. guests. Do it for your staff. You I know, get it. yeah, it's for your staff, man. And like, I, or just call it the employee party. It doesn't have to be related to to the holiday necessarily. Well, you, could, you could open it up. Like to, you know, the public and your your customers, or whatever. You don't have to necessarily shut down, but it's nice to just like, I don't know. As a business owner, like I, I'm just like, dude, let's just shut down on like the 15th of December and have a holiday party when we're actually in the holiday party in the spirit zone, and all that. You know, yeah. sure. Because like doing it, well, in which would work at a bar that's not already Christmas themed. I'm a Grinch, man. I give my staff <laughs> a garden of camels and tell them to fuck off. <laughs> I don't so, think anyone so that works for their smokes. Give yourself and two people a carton camel. I don't care. They're just reselling them on the street. I don't care what they do. They're theirs now. You do what you want. Um, man, we're we're just talking like a bunch of old fishing buddies now. Uh, yeah. uh, we have been for the last almost hour, uh, but we're unfortunately at the end. We are at the end. I'm going to go over the calendar as I always do. Um, interesting to note, uh, by the way, uh, tonight, uh, tonight, tonight, tonight is Austin Hanley's last night at Amore Margo. He will be the first person uh, his, ever his second last night to have a second last night. He <laughs> left us and moved to Costa Rica. He came back to New York just for the summer, uh, right when I broke my arm and needed someone. And he's been on the team since. And he he flies back to California tomorrow. So his last night is tonight. So if you're in and around the East Village, go see Austin and give him the business. Um, Next week, uh, looks like it's going to be Mateo Lasardo, pretty red uh, from Lasardo. Um, the following week, uh, Meltzer Seltzer, Andrew Meltzer from San Francisco, uh, top shelf. Uh, actually, uh, can I butt in real yeah. quick? What you got? Next week is yes. Brad Thomas Parson. Oh wait, is that right? Go yeah. ahead. 
Next week is Brad Thomas Parsons. Okay. Because he's releasing his book. Distillery Cats. Distillery Cats. So that's actually the next, uh, the 20th of this month. Okay. Um, and we'll be doing a little after party after the show at Grain Army. I thought that was on the 19th, your after party. I have it in my calendar wrong. My bad, people. Okay. Either way, there's a, there's <laughs> a book about cats coming out next week. Cool. Uh, so we'll figure that out. This is live radio. Live radio, baby. <laughs> we will figure it out. Uh, but I've got some more coming up. Uh, coming up, uh, Brian and Leslie from Subject on the 4th of October. Um, still getting Adam Rich from Thrillist, the founder of Thrillist. He's going to be on the show on the 11th. Um, possibly the Cat Pack on the 18th. Jim Meehan on the 25th. Uh, Jane Danger and Ala Pushnik, who wrote the book, uh, um, uh, oh, the, yeah, the, 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 the Bourbon Bartender. Yeah. Uh, and also wrote the book uh, uh, previously Cuban. called Cuban Cocktails. Yeah. So some author action happening. It's that time of year. Um, yeah, yeah, book releases. That's what out. I got. We'll figure it out next week. Either way, tune in. Yeah, man. Uh, if anyone out there is in the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to be out in Portland next, well, tomorrow, uh, and through the weekend for Bon Appetit's uh, Feast Festival, Food Festival. Uh, so... Yeah, if you want to swing through, uh, I'm going to be at some of the events, and just hit me up on the social meds. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, I don't have anything else to chat about. Thank you so much for being with us in the studio. Well, you got today, a glass Sam. to clink. Uh, I do have a glass to clink. Uh, thanks so much for being in the studio today with us, Sam. Gautier thanks so much, from, Sam. From Boilermaker. Um, cheers, buddy. Yeah, cheers. go check thanks, out guys. Boilermaker. It's BoilermakerNYC.com, right? Absolutely, yes. Cool. All right, go check them out. Really fun spot. It's uh, it's my spot that I go to when I, uh, well, basically when I go do anything. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when you want everybody to know your name. All right, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks so much. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil in rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.